Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nerds Adulting, your favorite nerdy podcast. At least I hope it's your favorite nerdy podcast. We're all three of us are back and nerdy, nerdier than ever, as I like to say. Ruthie and Josh are back with me. Your other host, Peter. Ruthie, how are you doing? How's the last two weeks been? Uh, it's been good. It's been a. It was a little rocky at first, but I finished that big project that I had. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like, and it's funny because now I've it's in their hands. Um, this this platform. So it's in their hands, and like I'm I am hitting F5 all the time on my email waiting for <laughs> to like give me feedback or like notes or anything and I'm trying to not, I've already gone back and like read my project like 10 times yeah. <laughs> because I'm like and I'm already seeing places I can improve and everybody's like girl take a break so yeah I've been taking a break I've been streaming having fun so yeah that's what I've been doing <laughs> awesome Josh how you doing man what's up how you been uh doing all right uh guys uh kind of sad about possibly going back to work full time again. <laughs> that's uh, that's on the horizon. It's not confirmed, but it, there's talks about it occurring soon. Um, let's see. My wife started her new job on post. She's doing very well with that. She's very happy. She was kind of like in a rut of not working and just being home all day. She's not. She goes like stir crazy. She was legitimately quarantined. Like at least I had, you know, I'd go to work and stuff, but. I'm right there with her, man. We're all, my whole house is like that right now. We're all like going crazy right now. For me, luckily, I have video games, but. Yeah. That's what I said. Like, I luckily have, like, I have, like, this outlet where I get to socialize with people, you know? Um, Got myself a brand new TV for my game loft. I saw that. I'm going to be looking into some furniture soon. And so that I can set up the PC on the other side so that it's just an, it encompasses the entire room and ties it together and just have a space for myself where I can sit down and do my thing. You know, I'm really jealous of you because mm-hmm. that's what, I, that's what I, I really, really want is my own little game yeah. room slash computer room where I can, you know, just chill out and play video games. Hopefully that'll come soon when, when we move. We're, we actually looked at some houses the other day. But um, anyways, so this week we are talking about a few things. So since our last episode, which was our May the 4th episode, which was a lot of fun, and um, if you guys haven't checked that out, we did some Star Wars trivia, which I thought turned out really good. It was really funny. I've heard a lot of good feedback about that. Um, But this week, since then, we saw the Xbox Series X gameplay reveal. I say that loosely because (laughs) I don't really think it was gameplay. I'm kind of interested to what your guys' opinion of of that Mm -hmm. is. And then we saw something that I thought was really cool was the (laughs) PS5 epic games tech demo um and then shortly after that i think a few days after that we saw ghost of tsushima the gameplay uh which is for ps4 not not ps5 the gameplay demo which was really really cool and maybe we'll get into the discussion a little bit about the ps5 hard drive uh there's some interesting tidbits about that that um i think a lot of people are not really interested interested in talking about or not aware of uh, that i thought was kind of interesting i want to talk, talk a little bit about that as well um but I also I kind of want to get uh, a catch up on what what have you all been doing the past couple weeks? Just see what if you guys played anything new, any new games, uh, um, anything else that's been kind of going on with you all. So Josh, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? What you been playing? You still play Tarkov? Are you doing something else? Yeah, still playing Tarkov. Uh, playing a lot of Squad and Hunt Showdown. Still, that's like pretty much my three main games right now. Um, since I finally got the TV up in the loft, I had disconnected my PlayStation from downstairs. Because it was in my uh, bedroom, and it, I was playing it on this like 
old iSymphony brand TV, which I'm pretty sure most listeners haven't even friggin' heard of, uh, that used to belong to my ex, and I've been playing on that for a few years, and I finally got a television for dedicated, you know, for just me to use for my games, so I set my PlayStation back up and hooked it all up, and the first thing I loaded up was the remaster of The Last of Us, uh, which has an HDR setting, and it looks phenomenal on the television. Um, it is a Samsung 55-inch uh, Crystal UHD. Uh, the model is the TU-7000, which is up uh, next in the series. I think there's one or two series after that, but it's a pretty recent TV. And I'm pretty satisfied, pretty happy with the way that it looks, the way it sounds. Uh, just overall in a good mood about it. Um, but with Tarkov, just waiting for the wipe. In case you guys don't know, they do kind of like seasons where, like, when a big update comes out, they just wipe everybody's progress hmm. um, so that it makes an equal playing field for everybody. I'm um, waiting for that to happen. And then just playing Squad. I don't know if you – I know you played a lot of Battlefield, uh, Peter. You should look into Squad if you like that I stuff. I actually thought about purchasing that, purchasing that a while ago, but I think it was a little bit too simulation type. Like, what was the other big simulation style – shooter that came out a while ago that i think daisy was based on um arma arma yeah, yeah. and i didn't really like that style so that's what turned but me it's not off. like that okay it's like it's like the middle ground between battlefield and it's not too technical to be considered arma and it's also not too fast-paced to be considered a battlefield game because we all know we can all agree that battlefield can get pretty quick pretty fast-paced yeah, it's um, not. It's really cool the stuff you can do in Battlefield, but it's definitely not quite the simulation experience that Armor was. Yeah, I feel so. like uh, Squad is like that perfect, uh, that uh, that perfect middle ground. Actually, Squad is based off of the engine that ran Battlefield Two, so hmm. it used to be called Project Reality. So uh, Battlefield Two, Bad Company, you know, they took that and they created this whole other thing with it and it, it it works pretty good and they're constantly adding stuff they're listening to the community i'm part of their dis their official discord channel and they're always like engaging the community and always listening can i blow a hole in the wall and then jump out of it no oh. they're working on that though <laughs> oh that was like the thing with bad of bad company too that i love to do where i could like we'd be holed up in a room and then I could just turn around, shoot a grenade launcher at the wall, and then blow a hole in it, and then jump out, and then try to flank them and stuff like that. I just remember doing things like that that was just so awesome and, and bad company too. But yeah, uh, cool. Maybe I'll look into it. Maybe I will end up purchasing it. Uh, I know Epic Games is having a huge sale right now too, so I'm probably end up buying some stuff on there that I'll never end up playing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyways, Ruthie, what about you? I know you mentioned your project. Uh, that you have finished is pretty pretty awesome. Um, where so, how is that going to work out to where we can? I mean, is it close to being like released, or is it something oh. that they're going to give you with edit reddits and stuff? Like, I'm just kind of curious of when can we consume it. Oh, okay. So um, basically, what it is is there is a new um, platform uh, coming later in the summer. We hope definitely by the end of the year. Uh, and so it's for all audio stuff, uh, you know, uh, anybody that follows my work knows I do audio RPs and things like that. Everything from like straight up just relaxing tantric stuff all the way up to like the hardcore stuff. 
Um, but basically what it is, is they wanted a huge collaboration project to come out with their launch and I pitched them an idea and they chose me out of other ideas. Um, so I'm very flattered and very nervous. And so this project is like my baby. I want to produce audio theater for adults, uh, is what I want to do, uh, with, you know, that's how much I love it. So this is like my first foray into that. So, uh, so they this got is it back like to me. mature, more mature content, like some of the stuff you've done previously. Is this sort of yeah. like, okay. Yeah. So, um, they will have, um, parts that they will have it like, I believe they're going to have like two versions. Oh, so okay. there will, there will be the mature version and then there will be just, you know, just the story version. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, when I do my stuff, when I, I want to create my own brand for this and my own, not platform cause I'm not that smart, <laughs> but my own, uh, brand of like production company for these, I, I want to have both as well. So there, I'm kind of learning from them. We're all learning together. Um, but I think, uh, if all goes well, um, then in six or seven weeks, the whole project should, they'll return the edits to me. I will rework it. We'll do table reads, um, we hope, and then we will do production editing, going to pull out all the stops for all the sound effects, uh, making video snippets and artwork and everything. And so I'm hoping in like eight or nine weeks, it'll be ready. The project will be completed. And, and whenever the platform launches, that's when it'll come out with it or right around the same time. So I'm like super excited and nervous. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> cool. Congratulations. My, name's on it. <laughs> my name's on it. So I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like produce pieces and things like this and, and work a cast and, and work and, you know, make it a thing. And so I guess this is like, this is your first shot, baby. Can you do it? <laughs> like, can you actually do it? So, uh, I'm pretty hyped. So yeah, I wrote it. It's about 45 pages of script that I oh, wrote. Wow. So it's That's a big awesome. deal. It's going to be about a three hour, uh, I'm going to say like one and a half hours cut into three acts at least. So it's a big deal. So yeah, yeah it's been a big, huge focus. That's why I've, uh, anybody that follows me knows I've kind of been a little, uh, off the map or, you know, other content or things, or they haven't seen me in you other know, places. They're so focused. I was just saying that the other night was like, man, I was like, Ruthie hasn't really been on Twitter very much. And I was like, you know, what? she's, she's usually a bit more, you know, just posting shit on there. And, you know, maybe she's been working on that, on, on, on that project of hers. And that's, I literally was saying that last night before I got your, you know, 2 a.m. tweets <laughs> uh, <laughs> from your stream last night. But, uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because I was like, yeah, you have been a little quiet on social media, but yeah. it makes sense. And I mean, understood, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's it. Basically, that's it. I've just been so focused on it and I've just apologized to people. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I promise I didn't fall off the end of the earth. It's just this is a big deal. And, and so basically, I would work my day job for eight hours and then I would come home and put in six or seven hours into this project and all this stuff for several days and, and, um, and then I would just sleep some and, and every now and then all I had energy do was to pop on a video game and stream it. So people at least knew I was still alive. So, <laughs> well, um, so yeah, 45 pages is a lot. So that's a lot of work that definitely did that you've put in. I can understand that, um, mm -hmm. as sort of a part-time creator myself, it's not easy to have a full-time job and come home and then, you know, write up something, you know, and create something from scratch or whatever. I don't know the, 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 the sources or the inspirations of your, of your project, but I can, I think I can relate to the aspect of trying to juggle everything and trying to create something on paper. Um, mm -hmm. but that's, that's awesome. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, for me, 
I've been really busy with work, actually. You know, we're, work's been crazy since we were all working from home. You know, working um, internet security or however you want to look at it, just network security. Basically, is is my job, and it's very been very busy since we've been working from home with the whole Corona stuff, and we work with a lot of researchers and stuff. So, uh, work has been crazy, and I kind of kind of I uh, get burnt out. You know, I just after I sign off for the day, I just I don't want to do anything. You know, I go through I go through these mm-hmm. spells where I just I just sit there on my phone. I was telling my wife the other night, like I just don't want even want to play video games. Like it's, it's bad. I don't know what it what it's been this past couple of weeks. But um, other than that, I I did do something kind of interesting that uh, that I thought was really cool. I was able to get uh, Mac OS to run stably on VirtualBox on my PC, which was pretty cool. So it opens it up to a whole lot of testing and and trying out things and pen testing uh, on my end that I want to practice on. So And it took me a while to get it up and running, and it's not something that I think is easy to do. You have to do some research and stuff. But it was really cool. I have you know Mac OS on one screen, and I got my Windows on the other, all ring off my PC. So it was pretty cool. I was really proud of that. And my wife, I was telling my wife about it, and she was like, yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> so... I've had a relatively <laughs> that's probably more of my my nerdy when I get caught up into these these techie things that I do on the side I kind of get I don't want to say compulsive but I get obsessed where I can't stop until I get it fixed or running and working correctly um, yeah and that's what happened oh. yeah I was like working on this after work for like two or three hours getting up and running and testing stuff and finally getting it to work how I wanted to that I could actually set it up in about five minutes like i did on my laptop now so um it's just things like that just dry i just get obsessed with and i can't you know take my mm. mind off of it and yeah i did that and then i've been playing final fantasy 7 still and i'm about to finish that up i think i'm in the second and last chapter so i'm looking forward to beating that this weekend but yeah i had a relatively boring week when it comes to nerdiness i'm not going to get into too much of the techie stuff when it comes to setting up a virtual box vm um i don't know if anyone that listens to us would be interested in that uh, but yeah techie stuff is sort of my my other passion that i that i do obviously because i work in in it so but and that was pretty much pretty much my my last two weeks you know a little bit of video games here a lot of work and then a lot of chilling out um so uh that being said i want to move on to the news topic um for this week i don't have a whole lot of news but i think we this is a pretty pretty interesting news topic you guys ready to move on yeah let's go all right. I guess Josh is ready to move on, even though he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> he always mutes himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dave Filoni, for those who don't know, he's like this. He's like the director of Clone Wars or like the creative director for Clone Wars. He works heavily with Star Wars. On the Disney Gallery, uh, The Mandalorian, which is like this documentary type piece, he actually, this has really been big news. He was talking about his take on the dual fates between Qui-Gon Jinn and how it, what it meant for Anakin if, you know, for that fight with um, Darth Maul. And I found this article, this would be really interesting because I was doing, it was just after May the 4th and I was doing a deep dive into some some fan thoughts on the, the Republic and why the Jedi were um, serving them when they knowingly knew that some people, some uh, people in the Senate were corrupt and things like that. But anyways, this came up. And he basically said that dual fates refers to Anakin and how Qui-Gon Jinn and Maul are fighting over the fate of, like, his soul. 
um, if Qui-Gon were to win, he would go on to be like the father of Anakin and Obi-Wan wound up kind of not being the father, but more of like the brother. And like he said in episode three, you know, you were like, you were my brother. Um, and that he would actually prevent him from turning to the dark side because he was a fight. He'd be end up being a father figure. And it kind of tied into what I was looking into in the clone attack of the clones. When Obi-Wan is talking to count Dooku and count Dooku says, basically references how Qui-Gon knew that the Republic was corrupt. And he had a different take uh, after that scene, you kind of have a different Qui-Gon had a different understanding of of the Republic, and then kind of like what Obi Wan had. And I just thought it was really interesting. And a lot of people are talking about it. Who just Google it right now? It's like a bajillion hits. And I just wanted to touch base on that because we're all pretty big Star Wars fans. I thought it was fascinating that how how well is articulated by Dave Filoni. And I, I want to kind of lead into my thoughts about the future of Star Wars and Dave Filoni. So what did you guys think about that two-minute bit of him talking about Duel of Fates? Ruthie, I'll let you go first. Um, Yeah, so it, like, kind of... It was one of those things where it. I feel like that meme of that guy, why would you say something so brave yet so controversial? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it was, it's kind of like it was, or, it was always there, you know? Cause I feel like once Qui-Gon was gone, everything derailed like dramatically, like, you know, after, after everything. And so the whole duel of the fates thing, I was just like, what? Like, it just made so much sense to me. But at the same time, it just, like, blew my mind. It, I think that Qui-Gon was, like, this father figure. And it meant, like, I think Anakin took so much from him. And I I love that uh, Obi-Wan, I feel in the same way, Obi-Wan had, like, so much thrust upon him when Qui-Gon, you know, I mean, that was, like, his master and stuff. It, it was, like, a father figure to him, too. He did see... Um, things differently and he understood things differently and, and sometimes he gets a bad rep. Um, but uh, I feel like he kind of left like this older brother and younger brother behind and, and neither of them were ready and understood the world like he did. And, and it just kind of, it kind of snowballed. So, yeah. So my take was that Obi-Wan was really young. He was supposed to be like a teenager yeah. in that, at that time he didn't even, he wasn't even a master yet. He hadn't even gone through the trials yet by the end of Phantom mm-hmm. Menace, which they, which they he says at the end famously, I am ready for the trials. So yeah. it's just it's very different. I guess like it's super interesting to think what what, what could have been, you know. Um, yeah. Josh, what about you? What did you think about that? So with the talk of the whole uh, Qui-Gon being that father figure uh, to Anakin, it makes a lot of sense uh, because – uh, considering that Anakin, you know, was supposed to bring balance to the Force, I feel like a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's just the way the movie goes." But like, it's is it's a key moment, definitely in the storyline, where when Qui Gon is uh, killed by Darth Maul, um, because of the fact that you need a support system, you know what I mean? And so Qui Gon wasn't able to fall into that role for Anakin the way that he planned. You know, he understood how troubled Anakin was and how troubled he could be emotionally and coming up as a as a as a a young individual who is considered too old to start Jedi training, but he knew that his you know, he was supposed to bring that balance. Um 
But the thing is, though, that the death of Qui-Gon is literally, like Ruthie said, is what derailed that whole situation. Because, like I said, you you need a proper support system. And if he planned, if his plan was to create, like, this family-type atmosphere, um, he definitely was was the key to that. Especially since he supported the whole idea of Anakin coming back to get his mother out. Now, I don't particularly understand, right? I'm pretty sure none of us do the politics of of Tatooine at the time and why Qui-Gon couldn't just <laughs> get the slave. Why could take yes. Tatooine? Oh my god. That is like the one of the biggest things and I don't know, like I feel a part of me is like Qui-Gon is so wise and I I feel like I feel like if he could have I feel like he would have. And I, I feel like there's things at play we don't know. And and then, of course, people are like, oh, it's a device. If she didn't die, then that wouldn't have, you know, exactly. done all this. That's the only thing yeah. it can be is a plot device. Yeah. But I mean, That's like, I George feel like Lucas. the character. Yeah, that really. I, I feel like the, George Lucas. <laughs> I feel like the character itself, though, I feel like if it could have been done, it would have been done. But I, yeah, he gets he gets a bad rep. Yeah. I'm like, he no, could have just like not him. <laughs> I'm a Jedi. Like, I have a laser sword. You, the lady's coming with me. All right. Right, right, right. And it's Who's not they're not a pu- republic. Know. They're not a republic planet. They're not governed yeah. by the republic. And it's just and so what's worse? Slavery or taking someone out of slavery that's not part of, you know, slavery was illegal um according to republic law, but like which is worse, slavery itself or stealing someone that's that's stuck in slavery, you know? And it's yeah. it's so I don't know. I don't want to turn this into like a political take on george lucas's view on 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 slavery well, but it's I don't just think a we poor have to. i don't think we have to we could just accept that it's a plot device i mean it's really yeah. like the but real it... turning point for anakin when his like emotionally when when his mother dies you know what i mean he gives I... into his to his rage my thing would which would have been more interesting is if that they did save his mother and and the the emperor manipulates her death in order to get Anakin to f- come to the dark side um, without him knowing. I think that would have been way more interesting than her being killed by a bunch of whatchamacallits on Tatooine after being kidnapped. That's just me. Yeah. I think that would have been way more – because that's the whole thing with the Emperor was he was he was orchestrating this whole thing and he works he works in, in, in the shadows and stuff, right? How cool would that have been? I don't want to say cool, but how interesting would that have been if he was the reason that his mother died in order to get him to succumb to the dark side? Correct. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Also, there's yeah. like – it's a plot device, but it's full of holes. Like, oh, she happened to get kidnapped right before you came and she dies minutes after you rescue her? Like, what are her, where were her wounds? <laughs> What were her wounds? Okay, I would. I'm gonna scale it, scale this back a little bit because this is. I knew this was gonna happen. Um, <laughs> the Phantom Menace movie was not a very good movie, but the ending was fantastic, right? I think we can all agree agree on that, right? And so, and this is what I, I wrote I wrote about this a little bit about just how Darth Darth Maul is the reason why I fell in love. We talked about this on our May the Fourth special, but the fight itself just had so much more meaning. And being that if Qui Gon had survived and raise Anakin and he wouldn't have turned to the dark side then there would have been no no Star Wars trilogy or whatever but it's just such an interesting point so here's what I want to get at Dave Filoni is so smart and he is so connected with that universe that Matt everyone is now saying imagine if it was him instead of Kathleen Kennedy running Lucasfilm 
and what he could do with that franchise. Because say what you will about these latest three movies, they were not they were not pieced together thoughtfully. There was not a plan, and they pretty much just let their directors kind of just take their stab at a movie and it just was like very, it just it was not a good run in my in, in my opinion a lot of people will argue it's a very um divided topic especially with the last jedi i think most of us did not like uh the uh, the rise of skywalker and the majority of us enjoyed um the force awakens but uh there was no collective plan and a lot of people now are saying that dave filoni should take take kathleen kennedy's spot which i think she's gonna she's stepping down or has already been announced um, so what do you guys think about that, Dave Filoni, if he wanted to, to step in? Because remember, he's the one that pretty much orchestrated the Clone Wars. George Lucas entrusted that whole thing to him. So what do you guys think about Dave Filoni heading up Star Wars and, and directing that franchise? Let him do it. Let him do it. <laughs> I mean, let him do it. The best, I mean, I feel like after a while, you need new blood to do something like this. I mean, obviously Dave Filoni has been working with star Wars content for a very long time, but it doesn't matter in terms of, uh, of, of where in the creative process he is. You know what I mean? So if she's stepping down, let somebody else take the reins, man. I mean, come on, especially, especially somebody that people trust already. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody, yeah, it's it's somebody that's never had the reins, somebody that but is but is in there. You know what I'm saying? If cuz when they bring people from way outside, you have to wonder like is it just money changing hands, you know, and is it just whatever? Like somebody in the extended family and I feel like Filoni's there. Like he's he's never had the reins completely. He's, you know, like I'd say do it. And at this point, why is anybody going to come like the 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 response to so many things is always so split. And a lot of people were so angry about a lot of the things that have happened in the last three or, you know, three or four years. So yeah, give somebody else. A, I mean, he has strong ideas. He knows the things he, he knows Canon. He knows all this stuff. Just let him do it. Why not? What do we got to lose? Yeah. I mean, given the state, yeah. given the state, how everything, I mean, it's just, it's just really those, le- nothing we can do about those three movies, which frustrates no. me so much, but, yeah. um, there's so much potential. There's so much there in that universe that I think Dave Filoni would be a, a great candidate. And it's easy to say that now, given you know his success and and especially after this and everyone's talking about it. But uh, I think he'd be a great candidate, and I hope he does. I hope he does get it. I think he can do amazing things for for that franchise, uh, especially with with the movies. There's a lot of talk now that there might be a, a live action Rebels uh, show and or a live action. Um, Clone Wars show, so uh, there's there's a lot of rumors going on with that. So I'd be interested. Oh, yeah, be so dope. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that'll work. It Clone mm-hmm. Wars would be interesting, but you guys saw that like, so Ahsoka is going to be uh, played by. Oh, I forget her name now. I just had a tip of my tongue. Um, she's from Clerks. I can't remember her name. Rosario Dawson. There you go. Rosario. Yeah. Dawson. Rosario. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm really, uh, she's supposed to be in the Mandalorian season two, I believe. And so I'm really interested to see how that plays out, but there's so much potential now with what can go forward. It's almost like, can we just forget about those latest three movies and just think about, you know, what, what they're doing now and the side stuff. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, I kind of was interested. It was an interesting thing, and I thought it was very insightful and, and never thought about it that way. I'm sure other fans have, cause just nerds are so smart and so so deep in thought when it comes to stuff like this but um 
Oh, okay. I want to move on now to the main to the main topic, which is mainly about the future and kind of like the, what the state of the next gen battle is like, given what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. So, we saw the Xbox Series X gameplay reveal. We saw the PS5 Epic Games tech demo. We saw Ghost of Tsushima gameplay, and we know about the the solid state drive and what Sony's trying to do. So that being said, I'm gonna go into the Series X gameplay reveal. Did you all both watch uh, at least the whole thing or most of it? Yeah, I watched it. I mean, I skipped when people were talking because it. I was like, I, you're making me. Ugh. Yeah, I thought so. I'm gonna touch on that here in a minute. But mm. Ruthie, what about you? Did you? I know you're. So here's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna caveat. I'm gonna here before we. I'm gonna disclaimer. I am not a fanboy of any system in particular. I have reasons why I like Sony. I there's reasons why I dislike Xbox because of what they've done in the past, um, and why it's not one of my systems that I go to. I'm more of a PC guy um, slash PS5, <clears throat> and we can we'll get into that a little bit. But it's not that I'm a fanboy. It's not just because I own a Sony. It's not because you know what my definition of a fanboy or my idea of a fanboy is someone that owns a system and they chose that system over the other one and then need to. Uh, feel like they made the right choice. And so they will argue till their deathbed about why that system is better than the other without any type of reasoning behind it. So I don't argue with fanboys. I just, you know, like, okay, fine, whatever. You love your system. Great. It does what you need, right? But that's how I view fanboy. I am not a fanboy in that regard. I have reasons why I like my systems. That's how. I, that's what I want to... I kind of want to throw that out there. So that being said... Mm-hmm. Ruthie, you saw the Series X gameplay reveal. Did you watch all of it? Did you watch some of the conversations and stuff? Um, yeah, I, I pretty much watched all of it. <clears throat> um, I'm going to be honest. I was um, kind of disappointed uh, because, I mean, I was trying to levy that with everybody separated and everything, you know, the whole, you know, trying to be safe and, and separate. I can appreciate that. So, you know sometimes the conversation and when people were talking was a little awkward or weird, you know, and stuff. And it, and, and it obviously didn't have like the big show it, that they normally would have for things, but it was, I just felt like so much of it was just showing me like, in my opinion, this is my opinion and I am an Xbox girl. So uh, maybe that's why I expected so much. Um, but like so much of it was just gameplay, but I just felt like it was just, Yes, games have come so far. They're amazing now. Like, I mean, I remember we've talked about video games before on the show. Like, they've come so far, and that's great. And they looked amazing and stuff. But it was just, like, really fancy game trailers. And, okay, like, a little more gameplay. And then they talked about how great the gameplay was and all this stuff. And it just didn't really focus on the console. I mean, like... Yeah, so here's here's my take. And I kind of sentiment a lot of those feelings that you, that you described. So one, it's called it was called the gameplay reveal, the Series X gameplay reveal. Now, we did see I guess some gameplay in what were essentially trailers, right? It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't what we saw from the PS5 Epic Games tech demo, which is what I was hoping for for like the the Assassin's Creed thing. I was hoping to get live gameplay or at least video of someone what looked like playing these actual games and none we didn't get any of that um i'm gonna i'm gonna go off a list uh i'm gonna name all the games that we saw real quick okay 
um, at, the, at this review. Yeah. So we saw Bright Memory Infinite, which was a first-person shooter game that looked really cool. Uh, Dirt 5, which... You know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't know if you guys have heard, but I've heard I haven't actually delved deep enough to look, but that first game, apparently that's all one dude. Yep, that's they. They said that in um, yeah. The that actual, was crazy. That part was crazy. Yeah, it's a Chinese developer. Yeah, did everything yeah. by himself. And, and it yeah. looked cool. And it's not. It and it. And there's actually. I don't think. I think it's gonna be a timed exclusive. No one knows because there's actually a Steam page. But um, mm-hmm. I think Dirt Five. Yeah, we saw Dirt Five, which actually had what looked like the most gameplay stuff. I think, even though it was still a trailer. Um, we saw Scorn. Yeah. Scorn looked really cool, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Not it, gameplay. It, it, no, yep, correct. Not gameplay. It was a game yep. trailer. Uh, very H.R. Geiger-ish. Uh, aliens, yeah. you know, for those who don't One know. One guy putting gory stuff in a gory thing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> very uncomfortable trailer. Maybe yeah. You put that <laughs> uh, a game called uh, Chorus or... I, I I don't know what it's really... Or Corvus. I guess no one really knows what the name of that game is because they didn't say it. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 Yawn I don't really care about that I don't know what you guys thought uh, Call of the Sea We saw The Ascent Which is an Xbox Series X exclusive From my understanding Or just Xbox exclusive uh, Medium The Medium Sorry Scarlet Nexus Second Extinction Yakuza Like a Dragon and I think that's... And then we also saw uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which showed nothing new, which was really disappointing. Um, so the argument that I saw on social media was everyone was arguing, well, they did show gameplay. It was in the trailers. And that's why I think Microsoft did a piss, piss poor job at this. When they said gameplay reveal, I thought they were going to bust out with straight up gameplay footage of some games and then to see what the system can do, yeah. like what Epic Games did with the tech demo. So... And yeah, and that, and it pissed me off because the last time that they did the console, like, you know, the last time that when they did Xbox One, they straight up had somebody with a controller showing you like, here's, this is what you can do. This is what you can do. And then they did the voice thing and like, you know, like, and then they jumped into a game and were playing it and then showed how they could jump right out and jump into Netflix and pop Netflix up and then jump back to the game. Like, exactly. I, wanted to, I wanted to see stuff like that. And the fact that we're in the future from that point and this is what we got, that's why I was like pissed off and a lot of it was game trailer stuff and then honestly what made me mad is that this what this is right like the video you know the reveal um it didn't get me excited about the console at all it it reminded me of awesome games that are coming out that i do want to play yeah but it didn't get me excited that it's on a new console yeah they dropped the ball like and and that really disappointed me because i'm like you have not, as a job, they, if their job is to sell consoles, they didn't sell me anything. And I'm an Xbox girl. So I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, I know things are separate and it seems like the games are moving forward. But what is, you know, it, I don't know. I just, I, so I was mad. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting because I know you you just like Xbox. You know, you have your reasons. I do, I love and, it. And I was interested to see how you felt about that because it kind of reminded me of the last gen with xbox one and ps5 i was super on xbox's bandwagon and i was like x360 never never let me down even though they technically did with the ring of death um and i was like i'm going with xbox one i don't care i don't care i spent a hundred dollars i was like the tech look at the connect 
And even with that failure of the reveal, of the initial reveal, I still went with them. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they seem, I feel like they're doing the same thing again right now. They're not, this time though, they are really behind the ball uh, to Sony. You know, they were kind of ahead of the game at the time with the 360, even though they didn't technically win in sales. I actually researched this. Uh, back The last recorded sales numbers, I think, were in 2014, and PS3 actually outsold worldwide the 360. That was according to 2014, which I couldn't find accurate numbers after that, because I think it's shortly after that they went, they stopped uh, producing those systems in like 2016, so like two years later. But I thought that was interesting as well. It did really well in the United States, but. It reminded me of the original reason how bad Microsoft did um, with the Xbox One. And now they're behind the ball. They're way behind Sony. And I just feel like when you say gameplay reveal, you need to show gameplay. You need to focus on what your system can do. Yeah. Uh, and I was interested to see what your your thoughts, thoughts were um, as an Xbox fan. Josh, you're more of a PS... I don't even think you own Xbox One. You're, you're a PS5 guy and, and PC guy. So what was your take on that uh, gameplay reveal? Um, so first things first, uh, Vampire 2 Blood, Bloodlines doesn't look like a next-gen uh, title. Right. just want to get that out there. Right. It looked like it looked not on par with everything else. Granted, a lot of the stuff that we saw was uh, either minor gameplay or just straight-up super-polished trailers. But... Uh, Vampire definitely doesn't look like it belongs in that group of of titles. Now, um, I definitely can agree with the fact that everybody wants to see what the console can do, not just what the console's gonna be have like played on it. You know, so that seamless trend, like I'm talking about, like seamless transitions, your X, your XMB, you know that kind of stuff like they want to see the capabilities of the console not just what games are going to be able to play on it so i completely agree with what ruthie said but i feel like maybe they're just so confident in the fact that they're going to have sales regardless that they're just not yeah they're just like yo people are interested but in this but a lot of people are more interested in what games are going to be able to play because they want to just give people that wow factor that ooh, look at this game ooh, look at this game ooh, look at this game you know, but um, I can definitely say, though, one of the most interesting trailers that was in the sequence was definitely the Call to the Sea. I def- I loved every second of that trailer. Yes. I was super, super uh, uh, intrigued by it. Interesting. Why? Why? Did, well, what what made it? interesting? Because I, I like that. I like that style. I like that kind of like. A, it's not like. It kind of had like a like a bit of a I don't know how to explain it like this like the game I feel like when games or companies create games that have like that kind of aesthetic where it's not super like re- hyper realistic you know what I mean where it kind of has like that cartoony aspect or like kind of like limited artistic uh, feel. So what about like where it's like, where it's like Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. When it has like kind of like that style of mm-hmm. artwork, I feel like it gives the uh, development team more room to refine other aspects of it. So like lighting and things like that. If you have this surface that has all of these particles that has to refract light, 
and you have to create a light source that and you have to make that you have to make them work i feel like it's easier and you're able to make it work uh it's less of a workload but then again i don't know anything about game development i just want to get that out there i don't know anything well, about rendering 3d models or creating uh, a- uh, uh assets for that kind of stuff but i just feel like when you focus less on how the game looks even though the game does look beautiful or like when you focus on a specific art style that's like tailored back from hyper realistic it opens up more avenues for you to focus on other things other assets for the game and it lets you make that artistic look even more and more polished than you would with like something that's like scorn that's going to be like hyper realistic you know what i mean yeah as i say look at breath of the wild that game was not hyper realistic at all it was but it looks phenomenal so shaded and it was like probably one of the greatest games we've seen all time well at least up there you know one of the top five whatever i mean so yeah i agree with hyper realism and i just i went back to because i could remember specifically that trailer so i just watched the one minute version of it and yeah i see what you're saying i can see why it could be interesting to some people um some of the trailers were cool i thought ascent looked cool because mm-hmm. i liked i liked diablo and i liked the top down and it looked i can only imagine like what the graphics nowadays a top down um style of uh, action rpg game and, and it was like cyberpunkish too which i really dig but um i think overall i was very underwhelmed and then like you guys i think josh you said you skipped some of the conversation pieces which i did too but then they like i remember them talking to the dev for um assassin's creed valhalla and they're like did we just see you know exclusive foot gameplay footage of the thing and he just kind of like laughed haha well and then he went in talking about the game he never said yep you just saw it you know like because we did it <laughs> and it was just like so cringy like i mean it felt these like interviews and these guys who who are talking it just felt cringy is the best way to explain it to me watching this like ugh, like this does not it just didn't feel good you know like the way that it just felt cheesy and cringy when they were the way well, they that's were just acting that's know? why they're developers and not you know like no PR not the guy people. not the developer <laughs> guys but the people they well, i guess they i don't i don't know who they were these people are uh, what their roles were i have to go back and watch but I felt like these were were people that probably worked in media relations for Microsoft, right? I mean, Yusef Mehdi was the guy that did Xbox One, so and he probably rehearsed it, and he he's he's got that public ability to speak publicly, right? You're not going to put someone some no name up there, but I felt like these people are, I think, part of media relations team. I don't know. I just I just felt like all all of it just was a big miss, and I didn't I didn't feel any better about the Series X. Uh, given the current state of what uh, the way the systems are now. And that ties into what we got from the PS5 Epic Games tech demo, which is what I want to get into ne- next, is that we saw something really, really cool. I thought was that tech demo. You guys watched all that, right? What did you guys think about that PS5 tech demo that they, they showed from Epic Epic Games? Josh, I'll let you take this one. First. Yeah, so that's, Epa, that's Unreal Engine 5, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked yeah. beautiful. It looked, it blew me away. I was just like sitting here watching it. So I, so I don't know about you guys, but I can like stream to my TV from my phone. Yeah. So I started watching it on my phone and it looked really good. So I was like, hold up. And like, I, I beamed it to my television and I was just sitting there like, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. I did the same exact thing. I was like, it looks so good. I was just so taken aback. I don't know all the, I don't like know by heart all the stuff that he delved into technologically about uh, the whole thing. Like I only watched it that one time, 
but I do remember being like, oh my goodness. Like it felt like I, it was nothing I had ever seen before. And I've, I've, I'm like the kind of guy that will sit and watch a 30 minute video where it's just game trailers and stuff like that. Just because like either I'm bored or I'm looking for the next thing that's going to catch my eye. And this definitely had me fucking glued to the couch the whole time. Just watching glued to the screen. Um, I liked how they showed how the dynamic lighting changes. Yeah. Like based on the situation and how they were able to make like that dynamic physical reactions with the character model. So I know that a lot of games try to do that, but like, uh, I remember when I first saw Assassin's Creed, like he would put his, his palm on people's shoulders when he walked in a crowd. Mm. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) And now like seeing it, how like they've amped it up, you know, it looked really good and it really took me back, uh, in you know, it's interesting like you bring that how up. How surprised I was, yeah. That you bring that up. One thing that I think is valid is that trailer didn't show us anything new, right? Didn't show us anything different or how it's going to change the way games like are played or how we view games, right? I don't. Right. I didn't get that vibe from it. it seemed I didn't like get that either. It looked beautiful. The sound was really good too, even though I was just playing on my TV. They didn't mention that. And you can hear like the rocks were falling. I was like, I was wondering how that would work, but you can hear it. I felt like you could hear the quality and the sound, even though it was just on my stereo TV, which I thought was really cool. And you talked about the lighting and like how they moved the source of the lighting and how it completely ref- changed and reflected off the rocks and and the statue and stuff. And that was really, yeah. really cool. But one of the arguments, I think it was a Kotaku article that came out, and they said it doesn't really... Of course, it's Kotaku. They're so negative. I always make fun of them because they're always like coming out with these new writers they have that are so negative all the damn time. It just drives me crazy. But of course, it was, I think it was a good point that it didn't really show anything new to us, but I don't think that was the intent of either. I think it was to show us how powerful or how cool games would look on this system. Um, so Ruthie, as the... The resident <laughs> Xbox fan girl here. What did you think about that about that trailer or about the the tech demo and and what we saw versus kind of like what we saw from the Series X gameplay quote unquote gameplay reveal? Right, right. <laughs> um, no, I I agree with um, Josh that it it was very like just visually um, really cool. Um, I thought it, it was so funny when I was the only thing I didn't like about watching that whole thing was um, I didn't like her grunts and groans. They just sounded weird to me. Um, but the rest of it, um, I liked watching how, like, the light and stuff, and, and it's just, I think I was just blown away about, like, how far <clears throat> everything's come in creating games. And that was, like, way more interesting to watch for me because it was, like, giving me stuff that I hadn't considered or that I hadn't like seen in the fact of like seeing it physically being made, if that makes sense, like how they play with stuff and how they were like switching the light around and showing how they can do that. And, and they would be like, you know, we've been playing with these engines for sound. And then all of a sudden they showed, you know, they, somebody was playing it or, you know, running through it in lifetime. And then you hear like the echo of, you know, the things or like the bats flying out. Yeah. And stuff like that. So like they actually were saying it and then they were like giving you like a few seconds of like, listen, like really, if you pay attention to like the artistry and like all the very fine, fine details and stuff, I thought it was like really cool. I'm like a theater junkie. So like, I was like just glued to it. Um, and yeah, so like, I feel like in that regard, I was, I was more into watching that and like, Oh man, this is so cool. Um, I guess though, for me, I didn't like, I, 
I was just so into it just in general about the, I guess the, the engine and the tech that I was so removed from like the whole PS versus Xbox stuff. I wasn't even worried about that. I was just like really in love with just the, the tech and its capabilities that I really wasn't thinking about consoles or anything, but I mean, it's just like on a whole level. I think it's like on a whole level. Yeah. I think, so me, I I think that would be. So I'm I, I'm a PC gamer. I have a 1080 Ti, so I have a fairly powerful system. So like Senua's Sacrifice mm-hmm. looks beautiful. I can play it in 4K, close to 60 frames per second. So I can get something similar to what we saw on there. I think I'm not saying it's the same or whatever, but I see games look amazing on PC right now. Um, so I I was not quite like oh my god, this is amazing, but I think normal like gamers right now that don't have the ability to play high-end PC games or high-end on high-end PCs will see that, and I think that will incline them to purchase, will sway them either way, regardless, um, versus what we saw with the, the gameplay reveal. What Microsoft needs to do, they need to do something like that. They need to show a game running on their system looking beautiful and playing great. That's what they need to do. And I think that's what... I think that's kind of... I'm going to guess and say this what uh, PS5 wanted with this after they realized what happened and people were immediately, you know, calling out Microsoft and you can go on social media all day and see all the stuff, all the arguments people were, people were having about what what is true gameplay mean, you know, like it's funny on Twitter people were having these arguments, well, they did show gameplay. And other person, I know gameplay to me is, you know, them sitting down playing the game like, well, you saw the tra- in the trailer they showed the game itself, so it is technically gameplay. It's just really funny how nerds like really get into it and uh, I was like Popcorn meme, you know, as soon as I saw that. But that being said, I really don't think I really don't, I really think that that's going to sway people more than what uh, the Series X and what Microsoft has been doing with their so far with their content that they've been pushing out. Um, so the last thing I want to get to outside of that was mm-hmm. also so we saw not a next gen game but a PS4 game that's coming out called Ghost of Tsushima. And it oh, looks- I hope they port it. Oh. Port it on PS5. Well, not port it, but I hope I hope they I hope that I can play it on PS5, or I hope they do something so that it's it they make it even better. You it's know funny I mean? that you bring that up because you know, what's interesting with Microsoft Microsoft is doing that with their exclusives. They all their exclusives will be. I, I'm almost positive all their exclusives will be on PC going on in the future, so you can play it on that, and you can play them if you buy them certain games you can play them on series x or xbox one which is something called smart delivery so that's something that microsoft is doing i think right for one and i do think the game pass is a great idea but it's also going to sway people like me from not purchasing uh an xbox series x because i can i know i can play their exclusives which is what's going to make me want to buy the system on my pc whereas sony I can't play their exclusives except on their system, and they have great exclusives. So it's interesting you brought that up because Microsoft sort of has that has that idea cornered to their system. But anyways, continue on. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, no, no. I cut you <laughs> off. I was only saying I hope that I can play it on my PS5. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. What did you think about You're a PS5 guy. of you guy. talk. Yeah. Okay, okay. So Ghost of Tsushima, right? You know yes. what's funny is so like the trailer the, – not the trailer, but the, the this gameplay uh, – demonstration uh came out a few days ago and that morning i was actually like watching ghost of tsushima like gameplay even though i'd seen it i just wanted to revisit that because i know it's dropping soon uh and i'm excited for it because it's like 
it's in my lineup of my next sequence of games that are story driven that I want to play. First is Last of Us. I'm going to play Last of Us until it's done, and then Ghost of Tsushima, and then I'm going to throw my life into that because it looks like it really deserves my time. Okay. Now, one thing that I definitely enjoy about Ghost of Tsushima is uh, it's not all magic. I feel like a lot of like feudal Japan and ninja stuff, like when they make these kinds of games, they're like, oh, we have to have some kind of magic, magical element associated with it. From what we can, from what I've seen, I don't know if you guys have information that I don't. Ghost of Tsushima is going to be, you know, like a nit grit, straight no. I mean, there there might be some herbs that, like, if you have a cut on your face, you can heal yourself instantly. But whatever. Um, there, it's just like this nit grit, true like samurai experience that you get to tailor to how you want to play. Like, if you want to be stealthy, you can be stealthy. If you want to, you know, be like this warrior that walks up and just challenges people, and he's like, "I can take thirty guys on, no problem." Then you can do that. But I definitely am looking forward to it. It looks like such a good game, and it looks so beautiful. It. Literally, when I was watching the trail, I was like, "Oh, it's like a samurai Red Dead." That's exactly what how, it is. That's exactly how big, yeah. Like an expansive it is. That's how I look at it. That's how and my those friends ran- call those it. random encounters that that you know are given to you in order to keep the game fresh. What I do hope, though, is that. <sighs> so, uh, for people listening that haven't played Red Dead, almost every uh, mission in Red Dead feels like it has a uh, purpose. Uh, and is actually furthering the story. You know, you have like your little side quests and stuff where you're like, oh, let's defend this horse carriage. Oh, these people. But uh, they tried very hard at keeping every single interaction and experience unique. Uh, And that's why I love Red Dead. It's going to be one of my favorite games for the rest of my life. Um, I want that with Ghost of Tsushima. I don't want the missions to get repetitive where I have to protect this shrine from 30 guys oh look you found another shrine gotta protect it from 30 guys like i want it i wanted to i wanted to keep it keep try their best to keep the experience continuously fresh i know i understand that that's hard to do but i yeah, just it hope repetitive. That that's the case. you just don't yeah, want repetitive hope, gameplay i just don't want repetitive gameplay and that's like, exactly what happened to me with outer worlds i just felt like i was on a fetch quest quest and killing people here and there Every That's mission. what happened to me with uh, Days Gone. I love Days Gone. It's beautiful. It's amazing. The technology in it is awesome, but it gets really repetitive. I don't yeah. know if you guys have played Days Gone, but no, I wasn't. That was one game I was super interested in when I saw the original uh, launch trailer. I think at like E3 or the PS PlayStation event or something. But then I yeah. it released and it was not quite as polished and not as is what you would I mean, it's better now. It's doing better now. I yeah. still haven't beaten it. That's how repetitive it gets. Hmm. And it's been Ru- out, and I got it on release. Oh, wow. Um, so, Ruthie, what, is, what were your thoughts when you saw that trailer of Ghost of Tsushima? Or gameplay. I don't want to say trailer. It was actual gameplay. They yeah, it delved was actual into gameplay. it. Yeah, actual gameplay. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, uh, I love, like, um, the aesthetic of, like, samurai culture. And it just, it was really pretty. Um, I liked, uh, the fluid mov- movements of like the sword play, uh, cause you do get to see some of that. And he was like, he was slicing people up. <laughs> he really, yeah. He was slicing them up, but it was just like so fluid. And, um, 
I mean, it, it like it's kind of I see a lot of games that, you know, sometimes when I see them and this was one of those ones that I watch and I'm just like, oh, it kind of makes me want like the PlayStation because I want to be able to play it. Um, but it, yeah, no, I just really liked it. It was I liked how it had that like free world feel to it. I, I don't know, like visually, if you're looking at the layout of the uh, gameplay or maybe I was just like so enamored with like the character and watching him. Um, you know, I didn't really see like maps and stuff. I didn't see like a bunch of, you know, um, uh, HUD display or anything like that. So I, w- I just liked that it had like this free world fill and, and he was going around and then you saw like the horse, you saw some enemies. So yeah, I, I hope it's like, I don't know. I hope it's like a really good, I, I think it has like a lot of potential, I guess like Josh, I'm just hoping that a lot of games, they're so formulaic. You know, like it's like ABC, 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 you know, and you just do exactly. it like you do it eight million times. I mean, like I like side quests, but I think that's kind of why I like Skyrim a lot. There is a lot of side quests, but they vary enough that, you know, except for like when you go into faction ones. But I mean, they vary enough that, you know, like one time it's find an item. One time it's go in a cave and kill somebody. One time it's figure out this puzzle. Like, you know, I like the variety. So I hope that it's not so formulaic. Uh, in minor parts that it gets droning because uh, it's just the worldly and you know like I said the fluidity and stuff and it looks if that's like the fluidity of motion and you get that in like a lot of the fights and stuff um, I hope it they have some interesting stops because even that could get you know like repetitive if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah the fighting. So yeah, one like, thing, yeah, go ahead. One thing that I definitely wanted to hit on again um, is the fact that the combat that they did show I don't know about you guys, okay? I really, really like realistic uh, gameplay, right? And, ter- and by realistic, I mean, like, I'm not a big fan of, like, bullet-spongy enemies or blade-spongy enemies. I don't like that like stuff. Like the Division? Oh, the Division. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to... Okay. I so, know. I did, I did that on purpose. I did that purpose to trigger you. <laughs> okay, good. I hate you. <laughs> okay, I was okay with it with Destiny. With Destiny, I was okay with it. Because in well, Destiny, that game's not realistic at all, and it by any no, means. No, 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 it's no, no. no. But, but what I mean, what I mean is that with Destiny, I was okay with it because I don't know anything about the enemies that I'm fighting. I just know that they're big and they have projectile-based uh, weapons and energy-based weaponry. That's all I know. So I don't know anything about the materials that their armor is made out of what the composition of their body is but i know about the composition of the human body and i'm pretty sure that when you freaking put steel to chest it's over (laughs) okay so that's why that's why i didn't like the division okay but that's a whole other episode okay now but i like that it it was like one or two slashes on a dude and the guy would go down but then again, we, I don't know. They didn't really show Jin, the main character, uh, taking any damage. So I don't know how that is going to be dropped off, like, between each other. You know what I mean? So, like, in Sekiro, mm-hmm. like, you have, like, this ninja. In Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, you have, like, this ninja uh, situation. And your enemies are, like, somewhat supernatural. But you can, like, mess them up pretty easily. Unless you have, like, those huge supernatural enemies. That's when it gets, like, really difficult. And I'm okay with when it's... When I'm fighting things that are supernatural or otherworldly, like I can accept the bullet and blade spongy idea. But when it's just like a basic dude named Jeff and his wife and kid are at the house, you know, and he's like getting paid a measly salary for this security detail that he's working, like, no, dude, let her steal the chest. You're going down one time. Well, it's not like that in Red Dead. You can you can take bullets in Red Dead. 
Yeah, you are right. <laughs> so did I just uh, break? But not your... the enemies. The that's enemies true. are like in the throat. Done. Yeah, you shoot them in the head. They're going dead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, a lot of people tried to say like, oh, they did it with. Uh, they started doing it with. Uh, uh, with the new breakpoint, with Ghost Recon breakpoint, but still, even if you had like a low tier level weapon, if you shoot a dude between the eyes, he goes down. That's it. It's over. Interesting. Um, well, I'm gonna. That's a, that was the last thing I wanted to get to was that topic, but I kind of wrap it all up now and what your thoughts and what this means for the 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 coming next gen battle of video game systems before we close it out today. So, given all the th- the stuff that we talked about. Uh, I want to give you guys a couple minutes to what you guys are thinking now, what's to come, what we all know, and what's your thoughts on what's to come regarding the next-gen battle. So, Ruthie, I'll let you go. Um, well, right now, I definitely feel like PS, um, PlayStation, has definitely pulled ahead. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, does that mean that I'm like going to jump to buy a PlayStation? No, not yet. I mean, honestly, where my stance is, is I'm disappointed with Xbox right now. I feel like the whole Corona and being distanced thing is no excuse. Um, You know, I I know that they were saying that in the beginning and stuff, and there was like some awkwardness and stuff. Um, I feel like it was no excuse. We didn't really see anything. I got excited for games that I've been excited for, um, but I really didn't see anything, you know, new in the ones that I had already seen. Um, the games that I hadn't seen, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll totally check that out. Hmm. Um, but as far as like the system itself, I am in no way, shape or form, like dying to like sign up to buy one yet. It's just, it'll become like, okay, maybe I'll get it eventually. That's kind of my attitude right now. Like I just, they just kind of let me down. (laughs) Um, so I mean, like, I feel like I will stick with Xbox, but like, I'm not going to be part of their, like, we sold this coming out the gate. No, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to do that. Um, you know, and be part of like the initial hype because right now I'm just kind of like deflated with them. Um, PlayStation, I feel like they're doing really well and, and, and they just seem to be like ahead of the game right now, and and uh, so I'd be pretty hyped if I was a PlayStation person right now, um, in 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 that respect. So, but in all in all, I'm I'm still a gamer. I'm just that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of know. Uh, I'll throw my two cents in here before we close out. But Josh, I'll let you get a chance to throw in what your thoughts are now, given everything that we know for the next gen um, battle to come. So, okay, I feel like. What's happening between the two uh, developers, the two companies, is that, or at least the console aspect of them, um, is that Xbox is making a lot of moves, but I feel like they're blind. This is from an outside, you know, perspective. You know, from what I'm seeing, I don't know what they're doing. What they're obviously their goal is to get the most sales and make the most money, and you know, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like they're making a lot of moves, like blindly swinging. But yeah. PS5 is making like those calculated tactical decisions on what they reveal about their console because they don't want to oversaturate their fan base or the the entirety of the consumer population. They don't want to oversaturate with what they're going to they're going to uh, provide to the consumer if that makes sense mm-hmm. i don't know if you find that like a like a good answer to me that makes sense but 
Mm. I'm saying that I feel like PS5, like they show the tech demo, you know, they still haven't even revealed what the console is going to look like. They gave us like the controller, but they haven't told us everything that the controller can do. It's there. I feel like their hype is building slowly, but it's going to be stronger in the end than what mm. Xbox's hype is. Xbox has revealed, you know, gameplay and trailers, and we have all of these games coming to Xbox, and you're going to be able to do this with the, the, the smart delivery and the Game Pass and all stuff, and PlayStation hasn't revealed any changes like that, and we don't even know if they're coming. But I feel, like I said, they're making the smart tactical decisions. Now, I'm not saying that I prefer either company. I just want to play games, man. You know what it would ha- what would happen if it was up to me? I would be like, no more companies. One company, you all work on it together and give me good stuff. And I will happily give you my money. But we have this division, all right? I have people, I have friends that are, oh, you're going to PS5, you chode? You know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, I remember being in conversations with you, Metzler, and Kettenhofen because I own an Xbox One. And I remember when you got there, all you guys had PS4s, and I had a Xbox One, and I couldn't play any games with you. And I remember, like, the first month you were here, you sent me that meme of uh, uh, Elsa and, um, what's her name, back to door to door, and you're like, when, oh, yeah. When, one, <laughs> when, when your friend, you and your friend play the same games, but at different consoles. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'll, my, I'll throw my, my two cents in here. So, for one, we don't know what the price is going to be, so that's a huge thing, and I think they're both being very careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a huge. Uh, it's going to be a huge thing for me to decide on what I want to. What I want to. When I decide on which one I'm going to buy, um, but I'm already leaning towards PS5 personally because of what they've done with their with their console exclusives. So that's what they've got with me. And given what I already know about um, Xbox and what they're doing with Game Pass and their exclusives all coming to PC, I really don't see the need for me to purchase a Series X when it comes out. Um, and I think things like what the console looks like isn't really that big of a deal. I mean, we still want to know what it looks like, but I don't think that's going to sway one person or the other. I mean, you can say what you want about how it looks and, you know, fanboys will will use that as debates and argument uh, points, but I just don't think I think Microsoft is is they're looking at a different market. They're looking at video games differently than what Sony's doing. Sony is still thinking hardware. They're still thinking uh, in, you know, mm-hmm. in-home systems and and the tech that's powering their games. Where Microsoft is looking at it more of like a subscription-based type uh, system where they can charge you money and monthly and get money from you, which is in this day and age is more is more profitable. We've seen a lot of things go to that model with movies and music and TV. Everyone's going to a subscription-based model, and I think that's where Microsoft's trying to trying to go. Whether you buy a Series X. Which essentially is just a high-end PC, or at this, I would say at this point is a higher-end PC specs. Whereas Sony is, they're trying to do something different with, like, the, we're not going to get into it, but their whole hard drive and how they're trying to, you know, 
change things. They're trying to do something different, with the, especially with their hard drive, which is something different. No, there's nothing out there right now as far as hard drive speeds that what Sony is going to be putting out when their system comes out. So, And we still don't know what Corona is going to do to, like, what if there is no system? Like, I read a report saying Sony is going to release their system in October, but there may not be very many available because of the coronavirus. So, yeah, I think Microsoft's yeah. going a different route. Um, as far as what they're trying to, who they're trying to market to, and what they're trying to do, I know they want. They learned their. I think they learned their lesson with hardware specs when they saw that PS5 came out or PS4 came out with less with high end specs let, and beat out theirs. And they realized gamers want games. And I'm mm-hmm. with you, Josh. I just want to play games, but I just don't. Given the who I am as a as a PC gamer and my love for the PS PS exclusives, I don't see any reason why I would buy a Series X coming in the future. That could change. I'm very open minded. I can I flip flop all the time. Uh, I will if you can change my mind. I'm not one of those people that has attachment bias to my to my opinions. You know, I don't get attached. I hate when people get attached to something just because they want to be right. You prove me wrong, I most likely will change my mind. And that's where I stand with these video game systems. So yeah. Um, but I think it's good. I think competition is good, Josh. You're saying that they should all be one system. I think competition drives drives uh, innovation. You look at Game yeah. Pass. We wouldn't have Game Pass if Microsoft was fluttering, not fluttering, but getting beat out in sales by PS PlayStation, right? I don't think that would have ever came yeah. about. The or the free backwards compatibility that they updates they put out to the Xbox One. We would never have seen those things with them being beat out by Sony. And then we also want to see what Sony's trying to do with the PS5 with their solid-state drive if it wasn't for competition. So, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I just want to play games. I just hope cross-play feature is here to stay and we can play games with each other in the future. That's where I, what I'm hoping for. So, yeah. That's my... I said two cents, but more like my five dollars <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, but hey, I'm gonna we're we're winding down here, so I'm gonna wrap this up. I just want to thank you too again for for coming on and doing the show with me every every so every week or so. It's it's been a ton of fun. Josh, if anyone wants to find you, how can they reach out to you? Wick the Scout on Twitter, Wick Actual on Steam, uh, Wick Actual on Discord, uh, and Wick Actual on PlayStation. If you guys want to reach out to me while I play some games, I am down. <laughs> yes, Adam. Um, not Adam. Add him. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. um, Ruthie, if anyone wants to reach out to you and check out your stuff or contact you, what's the best way? Um, yeah, I'm I'm so many places. Twitch, Reddit, uh, YouTube, everything. It's Ruthie Wren, except on Twitter, which is Ren Ruthie. It's a long story. I messed up tech. <laughs> message her so, if you want to find out about it. Yeah, right, message me. <laughs> yeah, I'm everywhere and stuff. And uh, hopefully I'll be more present now that that project's kind of the big brunt of it is done. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah and if you guys want to, you know, reach out to me, you can reach me out at peter at nerdsadulting.com. That's my email. Or you can go to nerdsadulting.com and all of our information should be there. Um, and you can reach us out there. All the social media and stuff is there too. So, Thank you for everyone that's listening. Check us out on Teespring. You can see the store there at Nerds Adulting. All the funds go to the show to help pay for things like hosting fees and, and whatnot. Or you can also go to Patreon, which is also Nerds Adulting. is a Patreon store. So uh, there's some pretty cool stuff on Teespring. You guys seen the t-shirts and stuff from, from the artwork that we got. So I hope you guys check that out and hope you support the show. If not, just listen. Tell us, tell everyone about it. Yeah. Tell, some, tell one person about it. Word of mouth is the best way to spread the show. So... Um, all right, lady and gentlemen, lady and gentlemen, 
It's been I a pleasure. Gentlemen, you should say lady and savage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> lady and savage. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you all in the next couple weeks. Yeah. All right.